Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World weekly series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host. And today, we're going to be talking about starting a YouTube journey, examining slow living and minimalism with my guest, Peter Cook. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So first of all, Peter, can you tell us about your background and how you became a digital nomad? Sure. So... I have a background in the corporate world. I was a lawyer for eight years at a big firm. I, you know, I'd never heard of the word digital nomad, um, but I, I got really bad headaches. I had headaches for almost two years. So that really affected me personally. And when I finally got back onto my feet, I was like, I don't think I want to keep doing this career for the rest of my life. So I had saved up quite a bit of money so I could pursue my dream of travel for one year. And I did that, and my original plan was to just go back to the Netherlands, where I'm from, find a different job in law, maybe at a company instead of at a law firm, and figure things out. But while I was traveling, I, I spent most of my time in Thailand, and I met people that lived there. They weren't only digital nomads, some were also English teachers, but they all had a, a way of making a living there, and they could base themselves there. And... Um, that that really got under my skin. I was like, man, this is so much cooler than doing what I was doing before. So yeah, I ended up staying. I uh, I never got back into law, and I slowly um, yeah found my way into the digital nomad world. All right. Well, I do want to ask, like after that time in Thailand, um, you now have a YouTube channel that we're going to talk about. But can you give us a couple of highlights of things that you've tried on the way to what you're now doing, which is YouTube? Yes, because I definitely didn't start with YouTube. So where do I start? Initially, so I lived on Koh Phangan for a year. This is an island in Thailand. And I did a lot of yoga there. I even think I have like a thousand hours of yoga teacher training under my belt more than some of actual yoga teachers out there. Um, and when I was done with those trainings, you know, I had to ask myself, do I now want to teach yoga like some other people in my class wanted? And I realized, no, I really did this out of personal interest because you know, when I had these headaches, like I had to do a lot of self-reflection. I learned about meditation. And you know, that was always for the purpose of getting back into law. But now that I had left that behind, I just really wanted to, I was doing a lot of soul searching basically. And it was helpful for that. But pursuing it as a way of making a living, it's not something I, I felt drawn to. Um, so then I started looking into like, so how can I make a living online? I moved to Chiang Mai, I worked from co-working spaces and I did a number of things. I started with drop shipping. Um, I, I did set up a store, but it wasn't really for me. I, I didn't like the customer service part and you know my business wasn't very successful. I, you know, I'd never been an entrepreneur, so I had to unlearn a lot of the per perfectionist tendency I had. Like, I remember I spent days on the perfect color combinations on my website, which makes, you know, it doesn't matter when your product isn't profitable. So, yeah, those, I'm, I'm glad I, I, uh, I went through that, but the dropshipping was with me. I then moved on to creating some courses. I had a couple of jobs. I worked for uh, Amazon company for uh, a SaaS company for Amazon sellers. I worked for a podcast booking agency. And what I've been doing for the last six years is selling books on Amazon. That is a business I still have. But a couple of years ago, I started a YouTube channel. So those are the two things I do right now. 
Thank you for taking us through that, because I know a lot of people watching these videos that are thinking about becoming digital nomads, they just hear what someone's doing now and they're like, okay, I'll jump into that. But for everybody, it's a different journey. And now you have come to YouTube. And so can you tell us about your YouTube journey uh, around the ideas of slow living and minimalism? Yeah, so it's not the first YouTube channel I started. I I always like making videos like it started with um, creating some courses for, for Udemy. I didn't have a camera. I didn't have like uh, any proper setup. I actually rented a studio in Chiang Mai to like record everything there. I just really loved it. And I added everything, edited everything myself. Then later when I worked for the, the, the SaaS company for Amazon sellers, I made a lot of tutorial videos. So I had some experience with making videos. Um, and then for years, I didn't do anything with that until you know I, I was getting a bit bored with my publishing business and I play guitar. I was like, why don't I, I always watch these guitar YouTube uh, tutorials. I could do some of that, right? So I created a channel, it, it's still up, it's called Left-Handed Guitar Dude, because I'm left-handed and I play guitar. And I, guess, <laughs> I guess I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I made a couple of videos. But I realized, man, this is way too much work for each song that I did. Like, I first had to learn the song, then I had to transcribe it, which took a lot of work. Then just making that into a tutorial that is helpful for people, it, it just took so much time. And I was following some other YouTubers in, in the guitar space, and they had big channels, and they were constantly talking about their monetization issues they had, because, you know, they're using copyrighted songs. And... Constantly, their their videos got flagged, and they would lose the monetization on those channels. So I'm like, it just seems like a difficult road ahead. Um, it's not what I had in mind when I first started. So I let that go, and then I didn't do YouTube for one and a half year. But I was in a mastermind with maybe you know with Kristen Wilson from Traveling with Kristen, and for three and a half years we were in a mastermind, and I saw her grow her channel from less than thousand subscribers to now I think it's over 160,000 subscribers so yeah that was really impressive I saw the work that went in but I also saw you know the success she got and it, it sparked something in me like oh man I I think I want to pursue that again so that's why I started a new YouTube YouTube channel and it's about slow living and minimalism and we could talk about more more about that if you want Right. Yes. And are you still editing all of your own videos and doing like the SEO and hashtag research yourself? Yes, I, I do everything myself. I think SEO and hashtags, uh, especially the text, like they're overrated. It's, it's not what okay. makes your channel grow on, on YouTube. What makes your channel grow are good videos. You know, um, are people clicking on, on your thumbnail and title? Like those two things, they basically have to sell the click, as they say. And if people are intrigued enough to click, then you have to deliver on the promise of the thumbnail and the title. Those things are important. Um, but ultimately what matters is, are you making really good videos? Um, yes, I think that the quality, as you said, is always gonna be what's bringing people back. So let's talk about slow living and minimalism. Um, first of all, slow living, like what draws you to this topic and how can we live a, a slower lifestyle? Yeah, so I think what draws me to that is my experience having worked as a lawyer and, and the headaches I had, like those headaches were stress related. I, I remember the first time that headache came on, like I was working for this client and 
the particular project was going to be over and then it wasn't. And I remember looking at this IT contract and thinking like, I can't believe I'm doing this work again. And, and then this headache started and it just wouldn't go away. I'd never had headaches like that before. But eventually that was lifted from me. But, you know, that was such a life-changing experience for me. Like, I never want to get back to that situation. So that's why initially I was drawn to yoga and doing a lot of meditation. And at some point I read a book in Praise of Slow by Carl Honoré. And that's, I think it was published in 2005, but I only read it 2017. And it talks about slow living movement, how as a society we're addicted to speed, everything has to be efficient. We're just trying to get more productivity squeezed out of our time. He argues that we're addicted to that speed, but a lot of things benefit from taking it slower. And it doesn't mean that everything needs to be slow, but slow living is something, the way I see it, it it's a counter movement to the pendulum swinging too far to one side, the, the, the fast side. And by embracing some slow living practices, we can bring back balance to our lives. So it's not about like, like I like certain things to go fast. Like we couldn't do this interview without fast internet. When I want to travel somewhere, like I'm glad I don't have to walk there. You know, I'm, I'm glad I can take the plane and we can get there fast. But other things, they benefit from taking it a bit more slow. Like, for instance, creating these videos, there a lot of thought goes into that. I don't just, like, turn on the camera and, and start talking. Often, um, I think about an idea and I write it down somewhere and then I'll just let it sit. And then a week later, I revisit it. And it's like, you know, it's, it's marinating. And the final product is better as a result. Yes, I think that we are addicted to speed more and more. So you can see it with our shortened attention span for different platforms of videos, such as TikTok, of course, comes to mind. And, you know, that makes us, I think, be used to that speed of the next, the next, the next. And especially also as digital nomads, getting on those planes and jumping around, I think it becomes an addiction, especially early on mm -hmm. in our journey as digital nomads. So what tips do you have for trying to slow down if you feel like you are like caught up in this fast lifestyle? No. Chair that sometimes uh, sings down a bit. <laughs> I think like the main tip is to set the intention to be present. That is something that I keep getting back to. Um, what I find because like I make these videos as much for myself as I make them for other people. Like I constantly have to remind myself to uh, live more slowly. I, you know, I have ambitious goals. Like my YouTube channel, for instance, I, I would like it to grow. And, you know, a lot of time goes into that. And while I'm working, like I can be very much in my head. And that's where, you know, the, the addiction to speed comes. Like, oh, how can I make more videos? How can I be more efficient when I make these videos? So, you know, it doesn't take as much time. And there's something to that, but I, I do feel like it goes at the expense of the quality of life. So getting back to your question, some tips. Um, one thing that I've started to do is become a tourist in my own city. Like I find that when we're traveling, you know, when we're elsewhere, everything is new. You get your travel guides or your blogs or videos that people made about these cities and you, you do the touristy things. In our own city, we never do this. But there's so many cool things in our own city that we can go through, right? Like museums, uh, cultural events, 
I love going on pre-walking tours in, in the biggest cities that are always uh, offered. And I do them in many cities, but like, why not do them in your own city? And another thing that hit me the other day is like, when you walk around, we're constantly surrounded by things that that could inspire us to think more deeply about you know, the, the origin of it. I'll give you an example. When I'm, um, the other day I, I was walking through town here and there's a botanical garden that you can just enter for free. So I walked in, there's all these different plants. Now, I'm not knowledgeable at all about plants. Like it's not that I read any books about that. But when I walked uh, through the garden, I was like, oh, look at all these plants. There's so, there's so much variety, right? And then I looked at the leaves and the, the leaves were different in shapes, different like texture. And it just got me wondering, like how do plants work? Like I know the leaves get the water from the branches and ultimately from the roots. And then I was thinking like, oh, if it rains, the raindrops hit the leaves, right? Like do the leaves soak that up? And does that mean like additional water in, uh, like more water in addition to what they get from, from uh, uh, the tree or the plant itself? And it just got me thinking like, oh, why do certain plants grow in this climate and other plants grow, grow better in other climates? Some plants bear fruit, other plants, you know, uh, our coffee comes from, uh, uh, coffee beans come from plants. You can just really think so deeply about the things we're surrounded uh, with on any given day. Like this is, I gave the example of plants, but it could be the same with buildings, you know, architecture or the history of your city, uh, food when we're uh, in a market. And I find that when I'm in my head and I'm thinking about work, I don't think about these things. So it, I have to set the intention to be present to really open my mind and look around and yeah, being a bit more slow helps with that. Because if I'm just going like, let's say I'm uh, going to the supermarket and I just want to get it done with, I go like super fast. Maybe I'll even listen to a podcast. Like I'm not aware of my surroundings at all, right? I'm just like going from A to B, get done what needs to be done and go back home. But when I instead take a bit more slow, take it a bit more slow, don't wear my headphones, just, you know, look at my surroundings and maybe take the long way back home. My experience is so much richer and it's really rejuvenating. So I get to do the thing that needs to be done, like I do the groceries, but I also get to have a rejuvenating experience which actually, you know, it's good for my health. And when we talk about productivity, it's also good for productivity because it keeps you relaxed and it keeps our life balanced, which in the long term makes whatever we do uh, for work sustainable. Thank you for sharing something that is so replicable in no matter where we are and just slowing down and looking and really like taking the time to think about where we are. That's so powerful. And how has minimalism, do you think, played into this as well? How does it connect with slow living and, and why also did you become a minimalist? Yeah, so that actually became before my interest in, uh, that came before my interest in uh in uh, slow living. It started when I, like I rented this apartment furnished and everything was very dated. I never intended to stay in this apartment for as long as I did. But after a couple of years, the couches especially, they, I don't know, like they weren't comfortable. I didn't like how they looked. So I asked my landlord, can I please replace the couches? And when I leave, I will leave the, the new self that I buy behind. And it's like, 
it's fine. You can do whatever you want with the apartment as long as you don't tear down the walls. So I did that. And, you know, when I uh, then had the new sofa, I looked around like, man, I really should paint the walls because uh, the old sofas, they had left marks. So I painted all the walls white. And to do that, I had to cover everything up, right? Because I didn't want to have any paint drops on there and all my stuff I put in boxes. And when I was done, I looked around like, man, everything is so spacious now that I put all my stuff in boxes. I didn't take anything out of those boxes for weeks because I just really liked the, the mental clarity that came with this feeling of spaciousness in my apartment. There was something I hadn't expected that the space, the physical space that was created also had an effect on my mindset. And yeah, I had read one or two books about minimalism before. I saw the minimalism documentary on uh, on Netflix that Matthew Vella created. But I revisited that now that I was in this uh, new environment and I ended up decluttering a lot. I donated a lot of my stuff. And that's why I initially started my YouTube channel because I was like, I really like how I feel and how my apartment looks now. I I don't want to lose this. I don't want this to be a trend that's fading. If I make videos about minimalism, that is the perfect excuse to learn more about minimalism and also to share with other people what I've learned and it's a way to make it stick. So that's why I initially started my YouTube channel. And then pretty quickly, while I was doing a lot of research, I came across La Living. That's when I read that uh, book by Colin Ray that I just mentioned. And I was like, man, they're really two sides of the same coin. When you, like, minimalism is not just about, like, getting rid of stuff. It's not a numbers game. Minimalism is about reducing your possessions to create space, space for what's really important. So you can have more happiness, more fulfillment. And I feel slow living is a way to like color in that that blank canvas that you now have um, to be more intentional about the stuff you bring into your home, but also what you give attention to. It's not just about your physical possessions, but also, for instance, about, um, you know, like our online behavior. For me, it has had an effect on, you know, how much time I, I spend on social media, like I guess YouTube is a social media platform, so I, I, I do use that. But it feels very different to the other social media platforms out there that are like way quicker, like Instagram, TikTok. And I am not on those platforms anymore. I choose to be more intentional with my time. Um, instead, I am reading now more. And there were years where I didn't read any books. And I, I miss that. And now that I have built back up a reading habit, I really feel that has enriched my life, that it makes, I don't know, I feel I, it. I don't know, uh, I think it was George R. R. Martin, he said, uh, the person who doesn't read only lives one life, the person who does read lives a, a thousand lives. And that's not the experience I have when I'm on social media. Like, if I do see other people's lives on social media, often there's this feeling of envy, right? Like this picture-perfect portrayal of, of uh, what life could be like, and often it's not my life. But when I read a book, I mean, the emotional experiences, especially fiction, is so much richer. Uh, that's something I never thought would be the result of me becoming a minimalist, but it has affected all parts of my life. Interesting you say that because I, I just realized, yeah, I don't feel FOMO when I read books, but why do I feel FOMO on just about any social media platform I'm on? Is it because right. I'm looking at photos of, of people who I think I could easily be, but maybe books, it doesn't feel that way. It's, it's an inter interesting thought. I feel like, you know, 
don't even have to go that long. Like I grew up, like I'm, I'm in my forties. I grew up before internet was a thing. And, you know, like there were a couple of magazines where you could read about celebrities' lives. But other than that, you're mostly influenced by the people um, in in your your environment, right? But now we have access to, to you know, potentially access to everyone's life, everyone who's willing to put it out there. So it can seem that, you know, you have so many people that have millions of followers and they live the, the dream life. Um, I don't think it's healthy. Like it can seem like everybody is having, like everyone has that amazing life and you're the only one who doesn't. Whereas I think that's actually not true. It's just because you have access to way more people than before that are willing to portray their life in, and it's they're portraying it in a certain way, right? Like they're trying to build a following themselves. They're not building a following with boring stuff. Like they're, they're taking pictures with the yachts and and in the beautiful travel destinations. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we want to project it onto ourselves and think like, oh, my life has to be like this for it to be successful. And otherwise my life sucks. I think that's that's unhealthy. And that's that's one reason why I'm not on social media as much as I was before, because I noticed that effect on myself. And when I uh, read books, like it's completely different. Like there's such a richness in in uh, the different characters and books. And you know, in fiction books, a lot of people have struggles, which I can relate to. And it's just really interesting to see how that particular character tries to resolve that emotional struggle that they go through. So yeah, very different. Yeah, and I think that would be one of the biggest tips towards fighting FOMO and getting more slow and intentional with life is to, yeah, reduce your time on social media and also, yeah, go go towards the more analog, like you said, start reading more books. Do you have any more tips? Because that's a really powerful tip towards, you know, slowing down and and like getting hopefully to a better mental state as well. What other tips would you have for trying to be more intentionally slow and minimalist and yeah, fighting this FOMO that's out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So many things. I, I love to walk. I, I much prefer walking somewhere than taking a car. I don't even own a car, but like taking a taxi or, uh, or the bus. Uh, I find walking really just slows me down and I get a lot of my best ideas while I'm walking because I'm not actively trying to think of something but often it will just bubble to the surface. Um, one thing I also find helpful is to limit my screen time. Um, and especially when I'm in a conversation with someone else, I try to really, I feel one of the best gifts we can give someone else is our presence, right? And I feel if you're in a conversation, if like we're in a conversation right now, but if I have my phone here, but it's on mute, if I would constantly like, you know, uh, if, if, if there's a notification coming in and I'm like, oh, I have to check this, you're going to feel it, right? You're going to feel like I'm not giving, giving you full attention. This is so common. And it's, it's almost like if you say something about it, um, people are annoyed. Like, why, like, let me just check my phone. But I think people are really going to feel it if you don't do that and if you're really listening to them. And then you can have a really deep conversation, a meaningful conversation. When I'm like... Yeah, I can only speak for myself, but when I'm in a conversation with someone and they're constantly on their phone, 
I'm feeling it. And I just don't want people to feel like that the other way around when they're talking to me and I'm listening to them. Yeah, another great and very easy to execute tip once you get into the habit, I think. And it you'll you'll feel at first maybe subtle effects, but then a big effect on your life. Yeah, yeah it compounds. So in terms of minimalism, have you also started traveling more slowly as well? Is that another component of your slow living? Yeah, like I, I really like slow travel. Like I don't travel that much. Uh, my girlfriend lives in another country, so that, you know, we travel a bit uh, for that reason. Like she stays a couple of months with me, then I stay a couple of months with her. But I really like to live as a local I think it's also more practical because I don't like to have to figure things out every single time I go to a new country. I did that before when I, you know, my first year of travel, when I when I uh, left my job as a lawyer, that was really a year that I set out to travel. Like I wasn't really doing working, not doing any work, but I realized, man, it's also a lot of work just traveling because you constantly have to figure out like, how does it work with SIM cards? Where do I stay? How does the public transport work? How do you just get from A to B? Um, you know, there's so many things you have to think of. And it's expensive when you when you keep traveling uh, from destination to destination. When, you tra- when you're slow traveling, staying somewhere for a couple of months, you really get to experience city like a local. You get to, you know, find your favorite restaurants, favorite coffee shop, um, yeah, it's something I much prefer over, you know, skimming the surface in different countries. But how do you fight the travel FOMO? Because I know if someone goes, you know, to a place like, let's say, Granada, Spain, which is where you are now, we haven't mentioned where you are, but um, they would, they would, of course, be like, I must go to the Alhambra, I have to see this building and this place. And, you know, how do you fight not needing to do all of that, you know? Well, I, I did those things in Granada, um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a personal thing. I don't think I have to travel travel book like like some other digital nomads. Either. I identify more with the digital uh, than with nomad, in the word digital nomad. Um, <laughs> I just really, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, like a friend once said it to me this way. It's like, if you're constantly traveling, the best you can do is manage your business. You can't actually grow it. And I care about like, you know, doing quality work and that just takes time and it also you know takes routine i like to uh, i need to be rested i need to sleep well i need to eat well um you know, i like to exercise like those things are easier when you're somewhere for a bit longer because then you can find a gym you, you know you can stay in in a proper place i guess i just fixed that travel block by oh, getting my fix by really exploring my own city as as a tourist, uh, like I mentioned before, like you don't, like yeah, you can see the the the, the biggest attractions when you're just somewhere for a week. Like Granada specifically, for instance, like you know we meet people all the time that are here for just a couple of days, and yes, they go to the Alhambra and maybe like the, the cathedral, there are a couple of like things they go to a flamenco show, but they all do the same thing. <laughs> and living here like i i see there's so much more to the city that people just you know they don't get around to because they don't want they want to do spain in like two weeks or they want to do andalusia um you know the whole region in in a couple of weeks i feel there's 
I don't know, it, it's much more interesting to to really experience the city instead of just the highlights. I always told myself, you can go to one place, you can go to two places, you don't need to go to all of them on your list. And I often tell myself, I can come back. If I really want to do that thing, I can come back right. again one day in my life. And that always makes me calm down. Yeah, no, exactly. I feel the same way. Yeah. Well, I think that there's so much value here about like, and I do think that a lot of people have become overwhelmed or their, their budget is really stretched these days with prices going up now that we can all travel again. And so I think the, thinking about these things of like taking it slower, doing less, but getting deeper into everything is so important. And I'm glad that you've started this YouTube channel and you're sharing a lot of ideas about these things that we can be focusing more of our time on. Thank you. So is there anything that you would like to share with us before we go that we haven't touched on about either the lifestyle of minimalism, slow living, or your YouTube channel? No, I think all those things we, you know, we, we spoke about in details and if people want to learn more about that, they can just check out my YouTube channel. Um, one thing that I do want to say is like, if there's people that are in a position that I was at when I was a lawyer and they think like, oh, like that feel that maybe they're married to the job or or their university degree and they can't change because of the you know the the sunk cost fallacy, which is a thing. You know, I invested time, money, um, a career in in yeah in this law career. And what are you gonna do if you aren't necessarily feeling very uh, fulfilled in that in, in that job? It can be hard to, and, and the longer you're in that career, the harder it can be to make the switch. And I think I'm an example of that you can switch. And it's not necessarily easy, like I'm not making the money I was making when I was a lawyer. So, you know, I had to give in there, but I feel much more fulfilled. And all, all the stuff that I'm doing right now, like I knew nothing about, like let alone that I developed skills, but I didn't even know about like YouTube. I think uh, when I... When I was a lawyer, YouTube was just cat videos and, and comedians. Like, it's totally different than it is now. But, you know, I, I adopted a growth mindset and I learned the skills needed to do it. And I just did it. I practiced and I got 1% better every with every video. And, you know, it was a journey to get here. I did many things and uh, before this and some were unsuccessful, but it's fine. You know, you... It's all part of, there's no failure. I feel those are just stepping stones to uh, ultimately being successful in something. Like one metaphor I like to describe uh, is, is, it's like climbing a stairs, but it's very steep. You can't really see where it's going. It's so steep, you can only see the next step. But when you're on the next step, you can then see the step after that. And you just got to keep on climbing. And then when you're at the top, you look back, you can see how all those steps are connected. But when you were at the first step, you had no idea that step 10 is going to be, was going to be what it is. And that's definitely true for my journey so far. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do is, is to not climb because you're afraid of what the next step might be like. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Peter. And everyone, please go and check out Peter's YouTube channel, Peter Cook. And I hope, I'm sure you're going to find benefits. And, and there's a lot more wisdom, but this is just a preview. <laughs> yeah. Let me just add to that. Like there's a, 
a uh, an actor by the same name. If you look for my name, you probably uh, won't find much. But if you type in I am Peter Cook, which is my uh, channel name, then uh, you'll find it. Thank you. Yes, for that too. I was putting in Peter Cook Slow Living, and I was finding you. But yeah, there you don't you have a very common name. I will say so. I'm glad that you've made this distinction. <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna yeah, yeah have a link too. I was thinking like, oh, should I change my name? But I'm like, it's my name. If this channel is going to grow, eventually people will find it by my name. And like people will find the videos because uh, uh, because of the topics that I talk about, not necessarily my name. So, Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Peter. I hope you have a wonderful, relaxed day. And thank you for giving us tips on how we can be lead more relaxed lives as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you.